I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're live on Instagram. Isn't that exciting? Uh, so you can put down your shovel and uh, get on Instagram and enjoy the interview we're going to have in the next few minutes. On the radio from 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock, Sean Cobelt Show On Demand, the podcast for whatever you missed. Uh, the Senate today uh, announced a 600-page bill uh, that's supposedly going to be a major, uh, a major reworking of immigration law. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we're going to talk with Art Arthur, Center for Immigration Studies. He's the resident fellow in law and policy. He's had a long legal career uh, in government, and uh, he's read the entire 600-page bill. And I bet you you'll go the next month without finding another person who's read the whole bill. But Art Arthur did over the weekend. It sounds like a lot of fun, and he's with us. Uh, Art, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. And, you know, just one quick correction. It's not 600 pages. It's only 370, but that's bad enough. And, you know, I wish to say, I wish I could say that they introduced it the light of day. No, they introduced it at seven o'clock on a Sunday night, which more or less tells you where this is going. So that's what you did last night, huh? 
Yeah, that's what I did last night, and starting at six o'clock this morning. So, uh, so it's been a rollicking adventure through uh, the creative mind of the best people that the Biden administration so has. You really, you really have. Obviously, you have to have the intelligence. You have to have the patience and the focus because those things are uh, worded a little densely, and uh, that that's quite an achievement to get through the whole thing. Because most uh, most congressmen and senators don't read their bills. Yeah, and this one is especially problematic because it constantly refers back to itself, refers back to arcane provisions of the INA and, you know, various procedures that people just aren't familiar with. So, yeah, this one was uh, was truly a, a piece of work, John. Well, uh, this is uh, uh, I, I, I've been tracking the progress of this issue. And, and this particular bill, and I have not not been able to get a handle on what it would do and whether I trust that it really would do what it claims. What was your impression after reading the whole thing? What would it do, and do well, you trust it? Well, actually, you know, my impression when I came away from this is rewarding bad behavior. The Biden administration, of course, has engaged in, you know, numerous instances of malfeasance or nonfeasance at the southwest border. And in response to all of that, the Senate, including uh, at least one Senate Republican, has decided to reward the Biden administration with new authorities. Uh, you know, we know that uh, they've been engaged in cash and relief. That's been going on for quite a while. This uh, takes the mandatory detention provision for illegal aliens in uh, the Immigration and, uh, and Nationality Act, leaves it in place, but then creates a separate mandatory release policy that puts those uh, aliens on a fast track to work authorization in the United States. Now, if you don't think that that's going to encourage even more people to enter the United States illegally, well, you know, you're, you would be unfamiliar with the economics of smuggling and illegal migration to the United States because the moment that you put uh, people on a track to citizenship, which this would uh, expedite that process, the moment that you give people employment authorization more quickly, the more people who are going to come and take advantage of that offer. Now, it does have that 5,000 a day cap uh, that is probably one of the screwiest provisions in the law. Can, can I stop you on that one? 5,000 a day yeah. is, is obviously 35,000 a week. And that's, yeah, it's, that's well over 100,000 a month. And what Almost a million and a half a year. So, and that's illegal aliens. A million and a half a year. What? That's a, that's absurd. It's utterly absurd. In fact, it's worse uh, than you described because that's one point eight two five million aliens a year, one point eight three million in a leap year. But yeah, you know, uh, it is absurd, and it's well beyond the capability of border patrol agents to you know, even process those individuals in any meaningful way, let alone to remove them from the United States. And this bill, you know, sets, you know, several, you know, you're going to hear people say, oh, you know, this speeds up the asylum system. No, it doesn't. It creates a completely parallel system without all the protections that the American people get from the current system. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's simply going to overwhelm that system as well. So instead of one dysfunctional adjudicatory body, you're going to have two when this is over, John. Is there anything about closing the border in this bill? I mean, 370 you know, pages. It, we just need one line. President mandated to close the border, period. 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny because when we talk about the bad behavior, there are already two separate mandates in the uh, law for the Secretary of Homeland Security to do both that. He has both the uh, the authority and the duty to ensure uh, that there are no illegal uh, aliens allowed to enter the United States. And then in the Secure Fence Act of 2006, which Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton all voted in favor of, it tells him to do it again just in case he missed it. But, yeah. Uh, it doesn't waive any of those restrictions, but it sure does open the door to allow well, him to ignore them. If if Biden has been ignoring all the immigration laws that are on the books, what's the point of this one? Because there's plenty of laws that require him or allow him to severely restrict the flow at the border. They just don't want to. This is the plan yeah, was to let all these people in. So what, what's the I, I don't understand the point of this bill. Because there are a lot of Republicans yeah. jumping up and down saying this is great. I, I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Joe Biden complains that he doesn't have the authority that he needs. Well, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, and for what it's worth, George W. Bush all seem to find the authority that they needed to drive the number of people uh, entering illegally down to just about a thousand a day, a little bit more. But, you know, thanks to the policies that Joe Biden has himself implemented and thanks to the, you know, his willful uh, ignorance of what the law requires, we are in a situation right now where we had 250,000 illegal aliens show up at the southwest border in December alone. So, you know, I guess that when you're talking about 250,000 a month and you could drive that down to, you know, 150,000 a month, you could say that you're making progress. But it doesn't matter because all of that's going to overwhelm the system. Overwhelm Border Patrol agents are not going to be able to stop everybody that comes in. So when you look at the drugs that end up in the streets or the criminal aliens that end up in the streets, we've had a number of high-profile uh, cases involving that of late. You know, those people get in because of the system that's overwhelmed. We need to put a stop to what's going on right now, control the system, try to work through the the three million plus people who have been released uh, illegally already and the one point seven million that have evaded uh, apprehension. Let's move those uh, through those people first. And if you want to fix the border thereafter, you know, you could do something different. But let's just enforce the laws we have right now. When you have uh, seven illegal aliens beating two cops up mercilessly in New York City and they get arrested and then released immediately on no bail, uh, is, is there ever a tipping point with the public here? Uh, does the Biden administration ever have a day where they feel like, boy, this has gone way too far. We got to stop. You know, it's interesting because when you have Kathy Hochul, the Democratic governor of New York, say, you know, enough is enough. Just you know, throw all these people out, you'd think that you were pretty close to that. But, you know, Governor Hochul is advised by people who actually, to one degree or another, care about the welfare of New York. The main focus, John, for all of these people who are coming to the border illegally amongst the the musties that uh, Joe Biden has surrounded himself with is the interests of the aliens themselves and ensuring that, uh, you know, each one of them has the opportunity to make an asylum claim in this country. It's important to understand, and, you know, I'm not making this up. I can point you to specific documents. The Biden administration treats the Immigration and Nationality Act like the darkest laws that were ever passed in the discriminatory history of the United States. They treat it like Jim Crow. Uh, and so they apply it the same way that they would apply those, you know, horrible laws 
uh, that we saw enforced in the South, you know, in uh, during the Reconstruction era. So that's what they, they really think, think, huh? They, they, they think what they, border law is like Jim Crow law. That's exactly what they think. And, you know, by definition, there is a distinction between citizens on the one hand and aliens on the other. They want to do the best that they can to align that distinction, at least at the southwest border, for any and all who want to come to the United States illegally. That's shocking stuff. So I guess in summation, uh, this bill is not going to make life better when it comes to the border. It's not going to make life better. But fortunately, it's probably not going to see the light of day either. I mean, even if Mike Johnson, a man who I've actually, you know, had the opportunity to interact with in the past, didn't really care about the welfare of the United States, politically, he would care about uh, his ability to hold on to his current office. And if he allows anything like this to ever get to a vote on the floor of the House, his uh, hold on the uh, speaker's gavel would be in peril. But honestly, deeply in his heart, he cares about this. He truly does understand the issues and he wants to make it better. It's going to be a fight between the House and the Senate. Well, Art Arthur, thank you for coming on and explaining all this. And thank, thank you, you so much for having me, thank, John, and keep the faith. Thanks for spending last night reading it all. <laughs> From the uh, Center for Immigration Studies, Art Arthur. When we come back, we have, uh, we have $1,000 to give away to somebody. And... We have a breakthrough in the French bulldog theft. All right, so that's exciting news in case you haven't heard. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. Breaking news, it's still raining. Now, here's good news on uh, the French bulldog that was stolen in downtown L.A. Actually, it became big news because the the dog's owner, Ali Zacharias, uh, jumped on the getaway car and well she was standing in front of the getaway car and the driver hit her on purpose and she ended up splayed across the uh the hood up on the windshield grabbing onto the windshield wipers to hold on and then they drove down the road and swerved the car and she rolled off and amazingly she wasn't badly hurt but she was sitting at uh just eating lunch and she had her, she had Onyx, uh, a black and white speckled French bulldog with different colored eyes. Beautiful. Left is blue, right one green. And some woman came as she was sitting and eating and pulled the dog away and walked away. And if you remember, we had Allie on the show. She tried to follow the woman into a car. It was a white Kia with four people inside and they pushed her out. And that's when she stood in front of the car and ended up on the on the hood. And she has given as many interviews as possible. And now the uh, the woman who took the dog, Sadie Slater, has been arrested in connection with the crime. And that's what LAPD said. Uh, but uh, no word on the other three. And no word on the dog. I got... I got an answer. Right. Uh, I, I was texting Allie over the weekend, and, and she did tell me that the cops have told her that they are close. Um, and, and, and then Saturday happened, and then they announced the arrest of one of the dirtbags in that car. Uh, but as far as the dog is concerned, she doesn't have her dog yet. No. Yet. Are they close to the other three? They might be. 
in my expertise and how I've seen these uh, these cases go down, they grab one person and, and then they try to get them to to rat on everybody else, thinking right. you know you, you're going to get off. You know, uh, let tell us what you can. Uh, where's the dog? Where are these other people? And, and and I think that's probably where they are right now. Now I don't know, and I want to find out if this suspect, this arrest, if she is still um, still in jail. That's what we want to find out. Are they squeezing her? As, as a Saturday, she was, but it's already Monday now. And you know, Gascon. You know, I mean, she's out the door. You know, uh, she's probably out the door Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. It's just a stupid headline. That's what they do. Yeah, I know. I mean, Gascon doesn't care if little kids get murdered. He's not going to care about a dog. Where's the dog? And and Allie is asking the same question. Where's the dog? And, you know, she doesn't want to piss off the cops because that's what happens is if she goes, starts doing interviews and starts saying, you know, I don't trust what Gascon's going to do. or I don't know what he's going to, you know, I don't trust that, the, you know, that, that, that these people know what they're doing. Then they're going to stop looking, you know, so they're. And it's just not her. It's a lot of people in the news stories that we cover. Yeah. They're afraid to say anything because, you know, they're they're going to get, um, you know, looked at sideways by like the Tiffany Blacknells and the Gascones <laughs> and all the other goons that are working in the prosecutor's office. Yeah, I know. You can't appeal to the prosecutor because they are the enemy. They're on the side of the thieves. Or remember the uh, Click and Broomer um, story. Remember we did that? The cop, yeah. Who and, got killed? And 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 they got uh, blindsided because uh, they didn't know that Gascon wasn't going to go for the death penalty. And then she was afraid to speak out. And she finally said, "You know what? Screw that. I'm speaking out." But no, that's, Gas- that's yeah. how he gets his power. He doesn't get any criticism because everybody's intimidated by him. You know that, that's that's how bullies work. Anyway, the LAPD gang and narcotics division and U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force. Teamed up to take her in. I, does she have a record? Do we know? She must have a record. Fugitive Task Force. Uh, this can't be the first time Sadie Slater did something wrong. Uh, and still no dog. Still no dog. No well, onyx. thing is, that dog is so valuable. So you think the sure. dog, somebody bought the dog. I would think, yeah, they, that they're stolen for resale. Right. So now we need to find those people. Yeah. You would think that the motive would be to steal a dog... And to have the dog start, um, you know, um, impregnating other dogs. Oh, could be. Yeah, maybe, maybe somebody can uh, can kidnap me. Uh, <laughs> you've been fixed, Ray. Remember, he he needs more fixing. <laughs> I don't think the fixing took. Well, so I mean, Onyx may be having the time of his life for all we know. Okay, but yeah, so right. this this woman <laughs> this might be a victimless crime. <laughs> this woman who was arrested, she needs to spill the beans and say yeah. who she gave this dog to or where is this I, dog? I'd lock her. I a, want to interrogate her. I'd lock her in a room with you. Oh. <laughs> She's out of there in thirty seconds. <laughs> She's pleading for mercy. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right, uh, we've got uh, more coming up. A lot of stuff coming up. I don't want to be vague about it, but I, I've got to choose. I've got too many things here. The, the weather's getting in the way on me today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. Today is the day that L.A. County is sending out Election Day ballots for the March 5th uh, primary. Tuesday, March 5th, uh, because uh, the advanced voting period is, uh, is starting very soon. So you will be mailed your ballots today. They should show up in your mailbox tomorrow or Wednesday or with all the rain, I don't know, maybe in a week. And the ballots will probably be wet and soggy and unreadable, but whatever. When they dry out, if you vote by mail, you could uh, vote very soon. We'll be explaining all this along the way because uh, most people are accepting, expecting the vast majority of votes to be by mail now. 
And they're also going to have a uh, walk-in period for about uh, two weeks in advance of primary day. You could vote with the machine. You can do it ahead of time. Anyway, the big issue on the ballot is Gascon. He's got, what has he got? I think 11 people running against him, not 10 people running against him. I, I, I was going through the ballot the other day, and I found two more guys I hadn't heard of. So there, there, are, there are a lot of people running. A few of them are moderately known. Uh, quite a few are unknown. And we've done our best here. I think we've had nine, eight or nine different candidates on. And one of them is, is Nate Hockman. And we're going to have Nathan Hockman again coming up after the 3 o'clock hour and talk about his role in convincing uh, Newsom to reverse the parole board uh, on, a, on a man who murdered a sheriff's chaplain and shot a deputy in L.A. County. And uh, he was about to be let go by the parole board. And uh, Hockman started a public campaign. And, and Newsom reversed the parole board. So uh, it's, it's a good story. And we'll tell you about it after uh, 3 o'clock here with candidate Nathan Hockman for L.A. County D.A. All right. Uh, we have uh, had a number of uh, illegal alien stories here because things are really coming to a head. I think uh, everybody is really fed up around the country, not only with three million illegals coming over, but we're paying for it. And now they, they beat up the cops in New York City and the uh, D.A. there, Alvin Bragg, put uh, uh, let 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 seven guys who beat up two New York City cops go. They had video of these guys beating up the cops and they were let go. No bail. They're still technically charged, but supposedly some church group put them on a bus and they're coming to California. But uh, I don't know. Details on this story have faded away. I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're here or still on their way or if they've uh, beat up more cops along the way. But yeah, this is this. The country's out of control. It's falling apart. And it, it, it starts with uh, with uh, Biden's dementia and his uh, far left wing progressive staff. And I, 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 our guest earlier this hour, he crystallized it because he went through this 370-page immigration bill that uh, the Senate is trying to get the House to accept. And he said the way the Biden administration looks at immigration law is the way people look at Jim Crow law. They think it's the same thing, that it's discrimination, uh, sinful Vile discrimination not to let people migrate here illegally. So that's where they're coming from. So that people who feel that way, you can't argue with them. They're fanatics. You, you have to remove them. You have to kick them out of office. And that's what this election year is going to be about. Here's how bad it is. There is a group of illegal aliens who made it to New Jersey. And they set up a smuggling operation to get more illegals over the U.S. border from Canada. They make $6,000 a head. The founders of this smuggling gang were briefly detained by immigration authorities, uh, immigration authorities and then cut loose. They were let go. Everybody's let go. Why do they bother catching anyone? The head of this smuggling gang, they're from Guatemala and Colombia. They came across the Mexican border, ended up in New Jersey. And um, this Jersey gang 
has helped spark an under-the-radar surge in crossings along the Canadian border. It's a lot easier to get in without inspection at the uh, Canadian border. They sneak immigrants in from Quebec and into Vermont. Can you imagine this? Illegal aliens are pouring in through Vermont. Uh, in June, Elmer Braun Galvez, a driver for the smuggling ring, was stopped by border agents in Franklin, Vermont, transporting four illegal immigrants. More than 10,000 immigrants were busted trying to get into the U.S. from Canada illegally. That's five times higher than the 2022 figure. Then, separately, at the other end of the border, at the other end of the country, on 60 Minutes of all places, I can't remember 60 Minutes doing many border issues, but uh, they had a story, and we're going to play it, showing large groups of illegal aliens from China sneaking over the border uh, from Mexico. And this is correspondent Sharon Alfonsi. Let's hear it. We were surprised to see the number of people coming through from China, nearly 7,000 miles away. Our cameras, and at one point, this armed border patrol agent standing 25 feet away, did not deter them. So, how old are you? I'm 20 years old. This man, a college graduate, told us he hoped to find work in Los Angeles. He said his trip from China took 40 days. What yes. countries did you go through? Uh, Thailand, Morocco, Ecuador, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica, Nicaragua. Jeez. 30 minutes later, a smuggler's SUV raced along the border fence and dropped another group at the same spot. And 30 minutes after that, another group. Over four days, we witnessed nearly 600 migrants, adults and children, pass through this hole and onto U.S. soil unchecked. We saw people from India, Vietnam and Afghanistan. Many of the Chinese migrants who came through will end up asking for political asylum. Did you travel by yourself or with family or friends? Uh, no, just me. Just you? Yeah. The Gap is a global destination littered with travel documents from around the world. With the help of a translator, we learned a little about the Chinese migrants coming through. Teaching? You're a teacher? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. We also met a banker and small business owners. Some of the migrants made a grueling journey through Central America with dusty backpacks, but we noticed middle-class migrants from China arriving with rolling bags. They told us they took flights all the way to Mexico. Some flew from China to Ecuador because it doesn't require a visa for Chinese nationals, then took flights to Tijuana, Mexico. The migrants told us they connected with smugglers, or what they call snakeheads, in Tijuana. And they each paid them about $400 for the hour-long drive that ended here at the Gap. Why did you decide to come to the United States? What did you do? Did you work in China? She said it was, and that she sold her house to cover the $14,000 cost of her trip to the U.S. Last year, U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported 37,000 Chinese citizens 
were apprehended crossing illegally from Mexico into the U.S. That's 50 times more than two years earlier. Many of the migrants told us they made the journey to escape China's increasingly repressive political climate and sluggish economy. This 37-year-old woman said China's COVID lockdown destroyed her childcare business. She left her two young children with family at home. Well, it happened why here did too. you decide to come to the United States? Many reasons. For work or? Not, not entirely. Okay, what, what reasons? Freedom. Freedom. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. Yeah. TikTok Great. is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step -step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. So the Chinese government creates and runs TikTok, and they allow... They allow instructions on where to find a smuggler to get into the United States. Boy, what could go wrong there, huh? Isn't that great? So they're 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 watching TikTok. They learn how to they they, they mortgage their house or sell their house and their belongings. Fourteen thousand dollars gets them a smuggler and entry into the United States in California. Now there's some people who were uh, leaving China because of the COVID lockdowns and they come here. California is as bad for lockdowns as China, probably worse. Uh, and, and this is a four-foot gap at the end of a border fence, 60 miles east of San Diego. They can't put up a four-foot extension? Of course they can't, because this is the plan. This is what they want to happen. Remember, border laws are the same as Jim Crow laws, according to the Biden administration. That's what they believe. So now smugglers are offering, what are these, like package tours? You get fl a flight to Ecuador, a flight to Tijuana. You get somebody to escort you over the border. You pay $14,000. You come here and you, you apply for asylum. And uh, you go to New York City and they're going to give you a $1,000 a month debit card. This can't last. This has got to stop, right? It's got to stop. Need a new administration. Oh, I'm late. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Coming up after three o'clock, one of the district attorney candidates, Nathan Hockman, is coming on with us. Uh, Hockman, through uh, a public campaign, uh, I believe it looks like he had a lot of influence on Gavin Newsom reversing the parole board, and Newsom denied parole. For a guy who killed an L.A. sheriff's chaplain and shot a deputy, the parole board was going to let this character out. His name is Derek Eugene Pettis. He got 30 years to life. First degree murder for killing a chaplain. He got this sentence back in 1996. He also shot a uh, L.A. County deputy, Terrence Wenger, in the eye. Left him for dead, but Wenger survived, lost the eye. Uh, we're going to have Nathan Hockman on to talk about his role 
in getting Newsom to uh, intervene there because sometimes it works. We've uh, we've uh, had some campaigns here on the show, and it's had an effect, uh, especially since Gascon uh, will not send L.A. County Deputy District Attorneys with the victims' families before the parole board. Uh, so in anticipation of uh, Nathan Hockman coming on, just a quick rundown of a poll done by Cal State Long Beach, Cal Poly Pomona, and USC. It's called the California Elections and Policy Poll. And Gascon's unfavorable rating is now at 51%. He gets 15% of the vote in uh, this upcoming election. 15%. Now, because there's 10 people running against him, the vote is, is split up. 10 different ways. And um, so Gascon could end up in the final two, or, or but the odds of winning in November are pretty tiny. But you really want the strongest candidate possible in November. Uh, right now, uh, we've got... Uh, We've got the, the voting is just just split up in uh, too many different directions. I have, I have the list here. Just give me a second. Um, uh, John Hatami has eight percent. Hockman has four percent. Shemarinsky, Craig Mitchell, and Maria Ramirez at two percent. Everybody else is one percent or less. Two thirds of the electorate is undecided. Now I have seen polls where. Hockman is ahead. I've seen a poll where Eric Sadal is ahead. Um, so this this doesn't seem to be a pollable race in terms of producing a favorite. Um, and we'll talk to Nathan Hockman about that. I, I I mean it really is all over the place. The, the trouble is 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 two two thirds of the electorate they did they don't know these candidates. Only now am I starting to see and hear campaign ads, and even. When you have a debate, well, even the debate was was a streaming debate a couple of weeks ago. You know, we've tried to put on as many candidates as possible, but you have to hit, you know, the 20-minute window where, when they're guests here. And if you missed that, then you haven't heard it. Uh, anyway, we'll talk to uh, Nathan Hockman about what he thinks the state of the race is and Gascon's chances and his role in getting this uh, murderer, his parole reversed. That's all ahead on The John Cobalt Show. Hey, you've been listening to The John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.